I had to learn quickly that I could not be everything to this business if we wanted to fulfill the mission and the vision of what we want this to grow into eventually. And so in the very beginning, I wore, again, a ton of hats, ton of crowns at this one too. And it was hard for me to relinquish. You know, there were so many things that I loved doing. And yes, I can be good at something, but it doesn't mean I need to be the one doing it. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani. And I believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue. And less than 25% of women are breaking the C-suite glass ceiling. And our team at CEO School is on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who are breaking the statistics, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they defied the odds so that you can do it too. If you are an ambitious woman who wants to create a life of impact through financial freedom, self-growth, and find confidence in your voice, grab a seat because class is officially in session. Hey everyone, it's Sanira here, and I'm so excited to announce a new giveaway and contest for all of our incredible listeners. All you have to do is leave us a review on why you love this show, and you will randomly be selected to participate in a one-on-one coaching session with yours truly. One-on-one, just me and you, and we're going to deep dive into whatever topic you want to deep dive into. We're going to catapult your business to the next level. We're going to start that next idea of yours. We're going to break everything down into a private one-on-one session, me and you. And all you have to do is leave a review down below. That's it. Leave us a review. Tell us why you love the show. And every four weeks, we're selecting a brand new participant for this giveaway. And so do not miss your chance. It's literally the odds are hundred percent in your favor. Leave a review down below. I cannot wait to select you for a private one-on-one coaching session. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani. And today's guest is a two-time CEO with over 15 years of organizational leadership, mentorship, and coaching experience. Allison Walsh has an unshakable passion for helping people and mostly women achieve their dreams. And she uses her experience to help women, the go-getters and movers and shakers of tomorrow is what she likes to call it. Allison is the host of two podcasts and has been named Orlando Business Journal's 40 under 40. And she's also former Miss Florida. We're so thrilled to have you on the show today. And I was so thrilled to actually be on Allison's podcast. That's how we met, although she's a local Orlando native. And once we connected on the podcast, I knew I had to have her on the show so that you guys can just experience this woman's power, her energy. You're going to leave this Monday morning feeling so energized and ready for your week and confident in anything that you want to do. So I'm so excited to welcome Allison to the show. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, I'm so, so excited to have you. So I would love for the audience to just hear your story firsthand a little bit about how you got started, your business background, what's led you to what you're doing today. I've got quite the interesting story. And, you know, I think as I was going through it over the last 18 years, I didn't really see how it was all going to come together, but I'm really grateful that it's led me down the path that it has. So really my entry into leadership was when I was 18 years old, I started a nonprofit after I went through a pretty significant struggle with an eating disorder in high school, and I wanted to do something about it. 
And that really led me into behavioral health care and really the mental health industry. And then throughout the course of that experience, doors opened for me to step into other leadership positions. And I was tasked with the opportunity and privilege of being a part of a healthcare startup. And so I came in with virtually like no experience at that point and was given just the most incredible opportunity to learn and grow and develop. And I think what I realized is that, you know, your education doesn't really stop when you finish college or a master's program, or in my case, I, you know, I went to law school too. I needed to keep learning and I needed to keep growing. And I just became fascinated and almost obsessed with like personal and professional development. And so I kept stretching. And thankfully I kept having more opportunities in that industry to continue to grow. Eight years later, we are a thousand team members strong in six States with nine locations. We just got another round of funding to continue to grow, which is just incredible. We got into the tech space during COVID and launched a mental wellness app. And so it opened up so many interesting opportunities for me that just, I am so grateful for, and it allowed me to use my passion and my story to help others simultaneously since I was in my early twenties. And really quick, what is the name of the app? So it is called Nobu. It's a mental wellness app and it's for mental health. It has yoga, meditation, mindfulness, exercises, breathing, teletherapy, everything involved in this application. And so it's been a true joy to be able to really venture into that space and to take, you know, all of the experiences over the last eight years of building incredible behavioral healthcare organizations and companies and facilities and translating all of that knowledge into a tech platform. Cause there's so many tech companies that get into behavioral health, but there weren't a lot in our space that had the track record and the wonderful outcomes from being able to treat patients like we do at advanced recovery systems and go into the tech space. So that's been such a cool experience. Nobu launched in July and we already have 10,000 people on the application and we're just Amazing. going strong. So it has been so much fun to learn. So that. many questions. I cannot wait to come back to this because I know so many women have incredible ideas of launching their apps and startups. And so we're going to come back to this, but congratulations. I mean, Thank you. nine locations, thousand person practice. Yeah. Oh it's my God. How do you look the way that you look? I wish you guys could see <laughs> Allison and her beauty radiating from you. Do not look stressed oh. whatsoever. Oh. I have 240 people out here and I feel like I cannot even function anymore. Like it is oh. so stressful. Oh my God. It's been incredible. And I think throughout the course of this journey, it's been, you know, constant pulse checks. Like what else do we need to do? How else can we take care of ourselves, you know, especially going through COVID here, we are in the behavioral health space, trying to take care of everybody else and also having to take care of ourselves and realizing that, you know, life looks different. It feels different. And how we take care of ourselves has to look different now too, but it's been incredible. And I'm so grateful because so many of the lessons that I learned on that side of the business and in healthcare and startups and all of that has been such a beautiful compliment to everything I've done in the consulting and coaching side, which I've been doing since I was in my mid twenties, helping women really elevate in so many different ways, whether it's business, their brand, going after new opportunities that they never saw possible. And so I've been able to scale businesses in that area as well. And everything from a solo practice that I had in my you know, mid twenties, I then had a partnership for five years with one of my dearest friends, which was 
just insane. It blew up. It was great. But I learned a lot about having to be prepared to scale. And what do you need to do to be able to take care of your business too, as you experience success? And what do you need to put in place to be able to handle and navigate all of those challenges? And then, you know, the last, well, since 2015, I've been back on my own coaching and love it. And I just am so grateful to be able to oftentimes bring together so many of the lessons that I've learned on either side to be able to help and support one another, each company. I mean, the definition of serial entrepreneur is Allison Walsh, truly serial entrepreneur <laughs> since your twenties building just incredible companies. I mean, I guess first I want to kind of want to go back to, there's so many different things that you said. I'm like, I want to deep dive into all these different areas because there's women here listening that are on probably every journey from starting, maybe they're just an idea stage. They could be a working professional. When you talk about all the leadership things that you've learned, they could be starting a company that you're right. Like you said, like it blew up and you couldn't figure out how to scale all those learnings there. So let's maybe start with that. I want to, want to maybe dive into the failures first, because I'm sure there's a lot of learnings there. So you said you were in business with your best friend. How was that? Because partnership is so difficult, especially working with your best friend that doesn't usually work out so well. How did it work out for you? I mean, it, thank God it all went well. Um, she's actually, we're both godmothers of each other's children too. So we like had to make it work. <laughs> so those ties run deep. But, you know, I think for us, we were so just in love with the clients that we were serving and we just went for it. And, and literally we would have, I can date us, but we would go back and we'd have, you know, Tijuana flats on Sunday night, enjoy each other's company and brainstorm about like what else we could do together. And at one point, she was coaching out of her home. I'm coaching out of my home, which was nuts. Like we both have kids, small kids at this point. And we're like, we should just do this together. And I mean, we didn't have a solid business plan when this happened. It was like, let's just do this. And we found the facility that we wanted to be. I mean, we had a 2000 square foot studio in Winter Park. I mean, we went like all in and we had like within a couple of months of opening, we had ridiculous success. We were fully booked. We paid back the loan that we took out. Like, I mean, it was busy and beautiful and crazy, but at the same time, because we didn't have some of that infrastructure in place, it made it very difficult for us to stay a couple steps ahead. And I think when you're leading a company, you need to, even if you don't have it all figured out yet, because honestly, like spoiler alert, nobody has it all figured out yet, <laughs> yeah. ever. But you do need to have certain things in place and you do need to know your ability to outsource faster than what you probably do. You know, I think that's a big thing that I, I learned early on was that we didn't outsource enough. We took on everything. We wore all the crowns, mm. right? Like literally like took on all the responsibilities. And I think by the time we got to a certain point, we were so exhausted. We were burnt out. We were fully booked, which was great. The company was incredibly profitable, but we didn't do a good job early on at like bringing other people up underneath us that could really take some core aspects of the business off of our plates. And we were very dependent on us being the ones that were delivering all of the services all of the time, instead of bringing a tribe along with us and, and really being able to pass on some of that responsibility. And so, you know, 150 clients later, and these were all one-on-one -on -one clients in there. These were not group. Like this was one-on-one. -on -one. So you can imagine just, we were cranking and it was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do at the end of two years? We were like, this is like, we need a break. <laughs> so, Oh my goodness. 150 one-on-one -on -one clients. 
Yeah. Last year I took on probably 20 at various capacities. They were even in a group format for our 2.0. And I swore to myself that I was like, not going to do this next year coming. I was like, maybe I would have a spot for like six women from a one-on-one coaching perspective, because you take it on like that client becomes you. And especially I know you personally, like off of here now, I know the kind of woman you are. Like you will take on that person's business, their life, their problems. You can separate that out. If it's transactional, then it's actually not great coaching either, but 150 clients. Wow. That sounds exhaustive, but I love the lesson that you said that you were everything. And I think that that is something that I notice very often in terms of women owned businesses, we take on everything and we're so afraid to let it go sometimes, or we don't know how to delegate, or we don't know what to delegate. And because you're the one that does it and you do it so well that it's tough to train and hire and trust somebody else to take it on. But then that is the barrier to scaling. Like if it is you and it's just you and your partner, you're never going to be able to scale. And as CEO, there's so many other aspects that you can't be the one to do everything and outsourcing. And you said that that was one of your challenges that didn't end up. I love that you shared that because I think from, it doesn't matter how big or small your business is or whatever stage in business you're at. I think that should be the one of the first steps that you do is once you have a process going, whatever your process looks like, is doing that. And we talked about this on your podcast, like the do delegate delete, right? What actually needs to get done that you need to do? What actually you can delegate out and what doesn't need to get done. And that delegation, that outsourcing is what actually defines scale for you, your time, your energy, and for the business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even, you know, that was a really important lesson that I carried with me as we continue to grow advanced recovery systems, right? Because I mean, here I am literally the OG, right? Like the first person brought in on this company and, you know, I had to learn quickly that I could not be everything to this business. If we wanted to fulfill the mission and the vision of what we want this to grow into eventually. And so in the very beginning, I wore again, a ton of hats, ton of crowns at this one too. And it was hard for me to relinquish, you know, there were so many things that I loved doing and yes, I can be good at something, but it doesn't mean I need to be the one doing it. And so I love that passing it on, right. Saying, you know what, I'm going to find really good people. I'm going to train them really, really, really well. And I'm going to trust them and I'm going to coach them and I'm going to give them grace and I'm going to make it a safe space for them to learn and grow. And if they fail, we're going to learn from it and we're going to keep moving forward. And so that to me was really important. And just, you know, my immediate team underneath me, we pour so much into our people because I want them to be the best that they can possibly be. And I don't want this thing to stop if God forbid something happens to me, you know, like I want this train to keep on moving. And I think when you have that perspective as a leader, it helps you step far enough away where you can look at the business and say, okay, where else do I need support? You know, if I need to step away at whatever point or something happens to me or, you know, whatever it may be, this thing needs to keep going. And if there's any area of the business that can't keep moving, you might need to figure out what else needs to be done to come in to support you, or at least have a Bible of what's going to (laughs) happen. something like a a playbook. So the manual here's, here's the whole business manual, right. And SOPs. I couldn't agree with that more. And I apply to you for learning that lesson and then applying it to scale for your other businesses. And so let's kind of dive into that. I'm really curious about, so you have all the success with advanced recovery assistance. It's growing, it's scaling. 
what was the spark to create the application, the app for Nobu? And how did you even begin that? I think one of the biggest, like, you know, we have all these great ideas, but taking an idea into execution, that is probably the hardest part of business. I would love to kind of, for you to share that journey and how we can learn from that to start an app. Yeah, absolutely. So with uh, this whole project, it initially had started as we wanted to have this other continuum, like this piece on our continuum of care, because primarily at advanced recovery systems, you know, we're inpatient treatment. So detox, inpatient, residential, outpatient levels of care, but we didn't have an extension to really take care of our clients afterwards. Like once they left our facilities, what happens next, right? And we wanted to stay in touch with them because when you're in recovery from a mental health issue or an addiction or whatever it may be, it takes a long time to really acclimate back to your new world once you've left an inpatient setting. And so we wanted to have those touch points. And so we had been talking about how do we build out this patient portal? How do we stay connected? How do we equip them with everything that they need? And so we started really kind of coming up with, okay, this is what it needs to look like. And this will be really for our past patients. Well, COVID hits, right? And the whole world shuts down and we have a behavioral health company and the world is hurting. We needed to get access to people quickly to be able to to get help. And so we said, okay, well, you know, and the first, I will tell you the first iteration of this thing looked awful and everybody on the team will admit to it. It was clunky. It did not work right. It was just concept was there, but the, the, again, like the execution of it, we needed to bring in some really good dev people to make the user experience exceptional. And so, you know, we hired a clinical content manager, Dr. Phillips. She's out in California. She is a boss. She's my co-host on the Dear Mind You Matter podcast. She's just, I call her my co-pod queen. She's just amazing, but she's so smart. And she was designing all of the clinical content. We wanted this to be homegrown. And so as we started to really look at like what else was out there, we didn't just want to be another application. We wanted to really go out into the market, look at what was out there. We did our research, right? We know that there's a lot of competition in this space, but we wanted a singular platform that brought in all of the most desired functions and features of what's on the market right now. And so, you know, really doing our homework and then we got to work and it was design and it was development. Every single piece of content that's in there is ours. So Dr. Phillips, owns that piece of it and like 200 pieces of content in there. They're all customized journeys. But again, it's like being okay with putting your first iteration out to market is really important because I think one of the biggest lessons that I've also learned over the course of my career is that we can get in this state of like analysis paralysis where perfectionism can get in our way and it can deter us from getting all of these amazing projects off of the shelf and into the world. Right. And like, that was what we didn't want to happen. We knew that we had to move quickly. We needed to get at least a first version out so people could use it, so we could test it, so we could see what was going on. We could see where people were leaning, what was working. You know, we could track our outcomes and our data. So those could drive our decisions because numbers don't lie. And, and we wanted to see really where we were headed with this. And that's been just so beautiful. And it's also allowed us to, us to stay nimble and flexible enough that we can customize things too. And so we knew what we wanted it to be in the end, right? And we're still getting there and we get better and better and better with every update that we do. 
but we had to be willing to start. And we surrounded ourselves with, you know, also doing, um, you know, testing with just people that we wanted to be working with, you know, who did we want to sell this to? Cause it's Nobu itself is free, but we wanted to also be of service to employers, you know, so we got together a lot of key business leaders and said, what do your people need? What do you look for in a solution? What matters to you? What needs to happen on your end in order for this to be a product that you would want to implement system-wide. And so we got a ton of feedback from just amazing people, many of who are my mentors locally and, and friends, and just so grateful for the contributions because Nobu is what it is now because of all of the people that played a part in this. And it's only going to continue to get better because it's AI driven. You know, the bot inside of the app continues to get smarter and smarter and smarter as more people are on it. And so it's only going to continue to become that much better of a tool for people to use. I love it. I love that you said the first piece of it is just to get it out, right? The MVP, the most viable product. It is the simplest version of your tool that you can get to market and get hands-on testing. And the apps that absolutely fail that I have seen, or even companies, right? So this can be applied whether you're building out an app or even you're, you're testing out your next product, your service, just get it out there, get it into the hands of somebody paying customers, non-paying customers. And like you said, numbers don't lie. You have feelings. We have math right? Like math <laughs> and numbers really do help dictate and story tell the business. And you can actually see what your customers are doing. So I love that you said getting an MVP out, getting in the hands of potential customers, users, even potential partners that you want to work with and saying, Hey, help us design this and be our beta testers. That is absolutely how I got Fat Merchant to market, Fat Merchant now stacks. But when I first launched, I didn't even own my own technology. Cause I think one of the biggest hurdles is how to even build a technology, right? How do you even build it? Where do you go? Where do you go find a, do you find an agency? Do you hire a CTO? Do you hire engineers? And I remember I just white labeled a payment gateway solution. I found a vendor just so that I can get somebody on it to say, okay, what are the things that they want out of this application? And so kind of, I'm simplifying it a ton. I know how much work that went into building Nobu and now having, you know, thousands and thousands of people use it every day. But it is truly about that incremental, what's the fastest way to market, what's the fastest way that you can just get it into the hands of somebody and then building and perfecting and pivoting along the way. Exactly. And staying nimble, you know, and I think as we were going to market and, you know, really pre-selling this application into employee assistance programs and, and larger groups and organizations, it was so valuable because all we needed was one, right. To really walk us through what they wanted. And now we have a prototype that we can take and scale and go elsewhere. So it's just been an incredible journey. It's definitely one of my proudest accomplishments of this past year and the team, you know, Josh and Angela, everybody who works on this is just, everybody's in it for the right reasons. And it's been so much fun to figure it out with them. And I just am so grateful for the experience. That's amazing. So, I mean, what's next? I mean, you also have two podcasts, you have a family, like, I mean, how are you managing all of this? Yeah. So I have a lot of help and <laughs> I am so grateful. So, and I think it's really important that we also, you know, talk about that too, because any of us that are, you know, leading companies or, you know, doing all of the things, we have to have the support in place to be able to do so with peace of mind, to know that everything else is moving and operating and functioning and everybody's taken care of. My mom is, is a rock star. She's here often pretty much every single day with the kids too, just helping the dance afternoon shuffle is, is very 
real right now with the girls. I have three kids. We have a wonderful nanny that has been with us for five years since my second daughter came into this world. And so, you know, it just a lot of support. And my team too. I mean, everybody owns their responsibilities. And I feel like that is so important as we look at this next stage of growth in all of the ventures and all of the businesses that we're involved in. My husband's also an entrepreneur. And so, you know, looking at like, what is 22 look like 23, 24, 25, like I'm stoked. Like it's amazing. But right now what I'm doing is putting all of those additional supports in place to ensure that it's going to be as amazing as it's capable of being on the ARS side, you know, we did get another round of funding recently. So we're, we're positioned for great growth in 22 opening multiple additional facilities. So that's really exciting in other States. So we're moving outside of Florida again. So, you know, really prepping for that, making sure that the team is growing and can support that type of growth so that we can make everybody happy and, you know, continue to strive towards those goals on the AWC side, everything on the coaching and consulting side of things. I've got new programs that are ready for for 22. Very excited about those two kind of repositioning the offerings because again, like everything needs to fit, right? It's like a puzzle and making sure that each one's complementing and not overwhelming the other. So that's been really important for me to kind of lay that groundwork now. Very excited about that. And my husband's businesses were focused on growing those two. So it's just, you know, I think the year ahead of us has got a lot of bright spots already and I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you sharing that because I think sometimes there's so much shame around that, especially from like, not only just there's like guilt internally, right? Mom guilt internally, but there is shame. Like I will say that there is not necessarily, I don't feel shameful of saying I have help. I appreciate you sharing that you have help, but I do believe that, you know, sometimes that that picture isn't portrayed. And I try to ensure that, you know, we are talking real life. Like it does take a village to do it all. Like it's not going to be, you can't wear all of the crowns or I love that you call them crowns, by the way. I love that. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to be using that. You're wearing all of the crowns and I'm so like proud of you. I think it's so amazing that you've really taken on this. You deserve to have it all and you do have it all and you're doing it all. And you're like, why can't I have a successful physical practice that's growing and go get investment funding and continue to grow. You're doing amazing things in the, you know, the healthcare space and helping people every day recover, right. From mental health, from addiction, from that is a lot of heaviness that you probably carry that your team carries. You've grown that company to record success. Then you have a coaching practice and you're helping other people achieve a different level. You are definitely that human that wants to give and help. Like that is your fundamental DNA. It can feel it shines right through. And then you're like, Oh, that's not enough. Let me also have the podcast. And I want to still, and I, you're raising your kids. You have three kids. You're a mom, you're a wife, your husband is an entrepreneur. I feel like we're soul sisters in everything that you're saying, but you worked hard for it too, right? You've been able to say, where are areas that you can learn from? What are areas you can double down on? I love that you're already sitting down and planning 2022 and 2023, right? It's not just what's happening next year. You're planning with your family. What does success look like? And it's a good reminder for all of us to do that. Like it is really such a good reminder for us to be thinking forward thinking into our success and what we define as success. And we don't need to be bucketed in any one category. We are multi-passionate as women. We are naturally multi-passionate and it's okay to be multi-passionate. I was so tired of fighting this stigma. And I used to think that maybe there was something wrong with me. Not that I wasn't fulfilled. I just wanted to do different things. My creativity wasn't pulled in different ways. Like Stax is doing amazing. People are like, why do you need to have the podcast? Why do you need to go, you know, 
do coaching and other things. It's because this is where I thrive. It lights you up in a different way. And that's very similar to why I love it too. And I think, you know, back in the day, one of the first like courses that I took and and books, you know, eventually it was a book, but Marie Forleo was the first one that I really heard talk about, like being a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And and it was almost like she gave me permission to like, just be like, I can do it. I can have other interests. You know, I can love what I'm doing at ARS and also love what I'm doing in the coaching business. And they fill each other's cup. Like I have to fill out my cup, right? And you mentioned something there too, which is very true. Like the work that we do, people aren't calling us on their best day at advanced recovery systems. They're calling us because they're hurting and they're going through a lot and their families and are struggling. And for me, I need to refill in in other ways. And I think all of us do whatever it is, you know, you're building an, an empire yourself. Like that comes with a lot of responsibility and stress and everything too. And I'm sure that the women that you work with just like fuel your fire. Yes. And, And you can, you love pouring into people too. And it's like, when I can see somebody else succeed because they're learning from a lesson that maybe I learned the hard way and it's helping them get there faster or avoid roadblocks or obstacles, like that gives me so much joy. And I love it. And so, you know, I think as we look at what's next, there's always going to be several things. I don't think I could do just one Like at this point, like, you know, it's just not the way that I'm made and I'm okay with that. And I think that we all deserve to have it all, but I think it's up to us too, to decide what is that definition for us. Right. And yes, loving that and owning it. And I think that's another big piece because I can totally relate to what you said about almost that shame piece. And you know, I think that's why it's so important that we find our tribe and understanding that the tribe might change as you change and as you evolve and how important it is for you to seek out other women or other people that understand what your vision is and can appreciate it and help guide you and support you and cheer you on because you are evolving every single day. And I I love the quote of like the whole point of being alive is to evolve into the complete person you were intended to be. I think that's so true. And when you lean into that and you let yourself grow, everybody might not be growing along with you. And so it's up to you to find others that are. And when you do, you turn into like rocket fuel for each other, right? You just continue to fuel that fire and go and go and go. And it's like, you just continue to cheer on the vision that everybody doesn't necessarily see. And that's okay. It's placed in you for a reason. And, you know, it's up to you to see it to fruition. I love it. I just absolutely have goosebumps after hearing you say that. And I feel I have permission too. And not that we needed permission. We never needed permission, but sometimes we have to hear it that we're allowed to do whatever we want to do. There's no shoulds, right? We should all over ourselves all day long. We literally should all over ourselves all day long. And my coach, Laura tells me that all the time. She's like, Sanira, stop shitting all over yourself. And I always <laughs> die laughing every time she says it. She actually used it in her newsletter last week. She's awesome. I wasn't planning on going here, but now that you brought it up, I kind of feel inclined to talk about this. When you said, you know, as you're growing and sometimes the relationships around you getting, you need that tribe, that support system, you know, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I do feel like that changes and it's unfortunate and And I feel like the, sometimes like the friends that I've had in my life, everyone evolves and changes differently and people don't understand. Like, sometimes I don't feel understood 
by the same group of humans. And I'm really fortunate that I have this one solid group of friends that has been like my, I know everybody, but I have a very short list of what I call my close friends. But I felt so lonely in this journey, this multi-passionate entrepreneur journey, this journey that it's okay. I want to be a mom. I still want to do these things. And it does feel lonely. I'd love to hear your journey on this. And have you lost friendships along the way? And what do you say to the women that might be feeling alone going through this? Yeah, I've had multiple times in my life where I've I've lost friendships because people didn't understand what I was going through and and really, I mean, started back in my early 20s. I I did and you mentioned in the beginning, you know, I had the chance to be Miss Florida when I was 23 years old. I was crowned on my 23rd birthday and my life went in this crazy direction for 365 days and it was a dream job with an expiration date. But during that time, I had so many opportunities where I was exposed to so many things that my peer group at that point in time just couldn't relate with. And that was the first time where I noticed just a real change in my social circle. And I felt very alone and I felt like nobody understood what I was going through. It was like, you know, they saw one side of it, but didn't see the behind the scenes of how hard I was working and everything that I was doing. And I traveled 80,000 miles that year, 250 speaking engagements. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was 23. And so that was the first time where I felt like, wow, like I need to also find some other friends that understand. And they were my senior, right? They were definitely older than me. They had other life experiences that I could relate to. And that was hard, right? So that was one time. And I do have a couple of ride or dies too, right? Like I've got some that have been constant, but it's a small handful. Mm-hmm. And then again, like getting into leadership positions and my career accelerating and, you know, building other businesses and doing all of these things, it was very hard because it's this like drive and work ethic where a lot of times people look at it and they say like, I don't understand why you work so hard or I don't understand why you do this. And it's like, well, I don't understand why you make other choices either, but it's, I still love you. I still support you. And, but it does get to a point where it's almost like you feel like you're not speaking the same language anymore. And I think those were like the heartbreaking moments where I didn't necessarily see them showing up, right? Like not my ride or dies, my ride or dies are always there, but you know, the people that I thought were in it for the long haul. And that was hard. That was really hard. And again, it caused me to pause and reflect and say, well, okay, I think it's really important to have circles and support and network and and people around me that get it. And so then it was up to me to find those people, right. And, and seek out relationships, seek out a network of support that understood like going into different circles and, and asking just for an intro. And then it was up to me to forge the relationships, but yeah, it is, it can be a really lonely ride to the next, you know, stop on your journey, especially as people's lives change. Right. And they have every right. They have every right to live the life that they want. And we have every right to live the life that we want, but sometimes it's not going to mesh well just with the expectations around life, friendship, business, everything else. And you have to make those decisions. And certainly you don't want the negative naysayers either. And I think those were the hardest ones. People that I thought were in my corner that ended up maybe being very judgmental. And those I think were the hardest ones to just say, you know what, we had our time and bless and release. So it's time to go. 
I hear you. I've been there in so many different, and you're right. There's like phases of your life that this happens in. It's just difficult and it's difficult for a reason, right? You've poured into something and you're not getting what you need back, but it's also important to realize when it's, it's enough, right? When it's, it's okay to, to move on and that you don't need that toxicity in your life. You don't need those naysayers. You need people around you, especially when you are ambitious and you have a goal set out for yourself, you're starting a business, you're scaling a business and you have all these other stakeholders. Like there's so many stakeholders when you start a business and you think it's just for yourself. Initially, when you start a business, it's so selfish. It's one of like the only times in your life that you are so selfish, but it goes so quickly, right? You start a business to solve a problem for freedom of time, for freedom of dollar to do good in the world. Like those are like the most truest, most selfless. Like that is like really exciting when you can be that, but very quickly as you scale, as you grow, as you're trying to achieve those levels, that next level, it's new level, new devil. Like every single level is you have to show back up. Like it's not something you just turn off and on. This is a journey. And you have people around you that just don't understand that, that sometimes, you know, making it for events that you probably did before or things like where you got, no one's trying to be busy, but then you also have children and family, so many stakeholders and you have to prioritize your time. And what you need sometimes in that moment is those friends that are going to be there just to hold space when you need it and to understand and pick up where you left off. And also the support, like that encouragement, because you're down, like it is literally the entrepreneurial roller coaster. We've all seen like every single meme of the roller coaster in entrepreneurship. There are literal days where days you can wake up and you have like the best of news and the worst of news in the exact same day. And people don't get that. And I think one of the reasons I will say that Allison, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my spouse, like my partner, my husband is also an entrepreneur and he gets it on a different level. And I think that that has contributed to how wild my success is. I do believe that. And I think you have this crazy wild success as well. And you have a really supportive spouse who is also an entrepreneur. And I think that that's like a, I would say like an advantage that we might have because I've, I've heard and I've seen other people's, not only their friends don't support them, but it's so shitty when even partners are not supportive, especially for women, especially for moms. And that becomes so difficult to either get your partner in line or to have the, the hard conversations. But I just wanted to be vulnerable here and share that because I know there's so many women that are probably going through these different levels and it's okay. You're not alone is what I just want them to hear. And it's okay to say, that it's time to move on from friendships and people and get that support that you need. Cause you're going to need a lot of it. And don't hold yourself back at the sake of someone else too. Right. I think there's a tendency to please, right. There's a tendency to want to be what you think you need to be for everybody else. But at the end of the day, this is your life. You have one life. You have one shot play full out play big. Yes. Don't stay small. That's not why we were put here. We were put here to shine bright, like the diamonds we are, whatever that looks like. And if you know that you're meant for more and you've got a calling to do more, like don't decline the call, like do it because you're going to live with regrets and regrets are the worst. And you don't want to go through life wondering what if ever, ever you want to give yourself the gift of at least knowing that you tried and you learned and you grew and you gave yourself the benefit of the doubt and you bet on yourself because this is our life. And it's important that we make it happen for ourselves because nobody else is going to do it for us. It's up to us. 
And there you have it. I hope you leave a little bit inspired today after today's episode. I definitely feel so inspired by you, Allison. And I appreciate the vulnerability that you've shared, the honesty that you've also shared. It's so important. And how can we learn more from you? I mean, we're so excited to support you and your journey and all your incredible businesses. How can we support you, Allison, and find you? Oh, thank you, Sanira. So if you're interested in the Nobu app, you can go to the app store and download. It's Nobu. It'll come up. It's not the sushi or the restaurant, right? It's the app, mental health. Um, so please download that. It's free and you can use it and you can take care of yourself. So that first and foremost is super important. The podcast. So she believes she could is my podcast. We just really support and cheer on lift up women on that show. I've also got dear mind you matter. And we get into a lot of mental health topics there. You can follow me on Instagram at Allison Walsh. You can check out everything that AWC offers at AllisonWalshConsulting.com. I love it. We'll be sharing all of it below. Thank you so much for your time, Allison. I can't wait to hopefully see you soon in Orlando in person and congrats to everything that you have going on. Thank you for sharing space with us today at CEO school. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and show. Our team at CEO school works extremely hard to bring you the best content, authentic conversations, and expert guests curated every single week to keep you leveling up in leadership, business, and in life. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating telling us what you enjoy the most. Thanks so much. We love having you here.